op-ed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm doing well, reasonably, I guess. Today, I kind of want to talk about uh, scenarios in a certain way, because thinking about actually the Monday game and then thinking about a couple other things this week and you know talking about the clues and info that hold the scenario together clues info and encounters I guess and I come to the realization we're, we're treading on on thin ice here because what I want to talk about if done not so well. I'm not saying done wrong. It's never done wrong. But if it's done not so well, it could have prob you could have problems at the game table. And I'm not talking about social stuff or anything like that. I'm talking about in game, way you run the game, the way you prep the game and run the game, I guess. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm talking about how to think about a scenario when you're prepping it. Well, you're writing it, prepping it, and running it. And there are certain things that are common to those things. But then again, there are also certain things that if you do it too much, it could be a problem. This sounds more, this sounds more serious than it is, but we're going to talk about that after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's go through this thing I want to talk about, which I really can't find a name for. You should, when you come up with an idea for a game, and I'm mainly, th- I mean, even at the table, I guess, if you've got like very little time to prep and you come up with an idea, or whether you have Boku days to prep, there's just certain things that players do, and there's certain things that GMs do. That you got to watch out for when you're pre- when you're prepping. I always say, do a framework, not a plot. You have to have because the framework a framework consists of sort of a plot, but what it consists of is a premise. It consists of okay, this is the situation. What do we do with it? And as a GM doing prep, you have to. You have to think about what the players will do, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately because at the table, it could be anything. But you do have to think of the most likely things they'll do. And you can't be married to it, as you know. Because things happen at the table. Things happen at the table out of your control. They'll do something they don't, you don't expect. And how you react to it is the key right there. It's not, it's like an acting. It's like acting is reacting. And it's like in life, you know, problems present themselves. The, uh, the key is how you react to these things. But I'm getting ahead of my story here. 
you're sitting there prepping and you say, okay, this scene would be nice. Outline, think in scenes. Think in, okay, here's the outline. Here's the problem, the premise. Okay, what are the likely places they'd be going and what would they be doing? You don't want to think about what they may be doing, but you might think about it a little bit. So if you have a premise of, I'll take gangbusters, you have a premise of the mayor's daughter's kidnapped and you know who kidnapped him, but the players don't. So how do they proceed from there? They will go talk to the mayor, depending on what kind of characters they are. They'll go talk to, I don't know, his staff at his house. If he has a staff, he's probably rich. You go, you, you go on some, some of the more street smart guys that go on the street, hear what, they, hear what they say. If you have a connection in a certain areas, like maybe somebody does have a mob connection, you never know. And you may even be able to find a direct from the mob. Hey, we didn't do it, but this guy is likely to do it. You talk to his wife, you talk to his friends, and different places. You may meet one guy in a bar, so there's that scene in the bar. There's another one, I don't know, in a warehouse, because that was where the kid, that was where the daughter was last, the kid was last seen. So you go there, and you talk to her school, talk to her teachers, and all these are different little scenes. Okay, and to me, I think you should have a, an abundance of scenes. You should have like at least half as many as you need, because then you're thinking like, okay, this is how I think the players are going to progress with this. So you have a bunch of scenes, and to me, they don't follow in any order. And I think you know where I'm going with this because I've talked about this before. You have the info; they got to get the clues and info you know, the glue that holds the adventures together, from these these things. You even may, may even have a bunch of clues, as in physical clues, not just talking to people, because that's the info I'm talking about. But the you might have a list of physical clues, and you, which you can sprinkle anywhere. So you play the game, and the four most important words of a game master is, what do you do? Now, I have I have a little problem with that, because I am so... I, I get so paranoid about railroading. I've railroaded in er, my early days, and I don't want to do it again. I'm sorry. Some people think railroading get a bad, gets a bad rap, but to me, it's it's a real thing. It's a real thing I have to deal with. In fact, I had a talk with my players. I said, "Look, just because you know, you say." If I suggest something, I would suggest something from now and then if they're kind of stalled because they don't tell me what they're going to do. And I said, you know, I'm not forcing you guys to do this. I'm not forcing you. I'm just suggesting. So I hate when I have to say, and they talk about it and they just stop and I have to say, so are you going to do this thing? I hate saying that because I feel like I'm railroading them. And, they're, and they assured me, and says, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. You're not, you know, we, I mean, I always tell them, you have the right to say no. And come up with something else. I wish you would come up with something else, but sometimes they don't. So if you're doing a scenario, think in scenes. And some scenarios you should think in time, because a situation like this, the mayor's daughter's kidnapped, you gotta find out who did it, where she is, and get her back safe and sound. And you don't know how long it's gonna take. I mean, I've 
I've watched my share of true crime on the TV and on YouTube about people getting kidnapped, kids getting kidnapped, and they turn up dead. Nine times out of ten, they find their body. And it's like, that, that drove home to me the importance of time in a role-playing game. Now, I don't keep strict track of time. I just sort of keep kind of a thing in my head. X amount of days have gone since she was kidnapped, or in dungeons, so many turns have happened, so roll for a wandering monster, so whatever. But you have to kind of keep it in the back of your head that the clock is ticking on a, on certain scenarios like this. So that you got to keep that remember. So thinking scenes, and the reason I say it's dangerous is because it could lead to railroading. If you think of these scenes as concrete, and they have to go here, they have to go there. You can't think that way. You've got to think abstract. You've got to have a linear, how do I say this? The story has to develop, but how the players deal with that story, they develop. So it's the old, it's the old life goes on thing. If they're going to fiddle around over here, something bad's going to happen over there. Because, you know, they're, they're wasting their time following some BS lead or some kind of red herring. And the, the bad guys are doing whatever the bad guys do. So I think you get, I think you get an idea of what I'm talking about. Don't, think in scenes, but don't be married to them. That's why I said you should have like about a half a dozen, more, about a half as many more than you need. Because you never know. And they may go to a scene that you're no, totally pre- unprepared for. Who cares? Let them go. I can ad-lib it. I can even take a look at the scenes I planned and say, okay, they're, they're not going to go over to the drugstore. They're going to go over to the pool hall. Well, I can, I can jigger things around so they're at the pool hall. That's no problem. So this is the kind of flexibility. See, this is the kind of flexibility for a GM that that comes with experience, that comes with experience of running the game. That's why you get better, is running the game. And try and take advice, some, whatever advice I give, what you find on YouTube, your friends, or whatever. You, you, keep, you keep running the game. You incorporate that. What works, works. What doesn't, you get rid of. And so... I'm saying think in scenes, but don't get married to them. Don't, 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 never. Okay, here's, here's a main tenet of the Game Master. Never set anything in stone. Ever. Even if you don't, they, you plan it and they don't use it, don't ever set that in stone. That's why I like the lazy game, the lazy dungeon master philosophy, because this way you don't ha- you have a you have a plot you have a you have a framework for a story you have a premise but you also have this big old toolbox next to you where it's like okay i'm going to make this dungeon adventure and i've got a box of legos sitting next to me i'm going to take the legos and build it and you take those tools or and that kind of thing you build it that's how you do it so think in scenes remember that i'm going to go start my day so well, if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can 
you can help out, and I would appreciate it. Thanks again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, and Dan for supporting me. I thank you. And don't forget Dan Gregg's podcast, The Jung Grognard, Y-U-N-G, and Mark C. Walring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. So, until I see you good folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.